This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is Friday, May 20th, and we're talking Reds baseball once again with Reds reporter Mark Sheldon on this Friday afternoon. And, uh, Mark, it would not be a true Reds podcast, of course, if we did not discuss the latest uh, setback injury-wise to a Reds starting pitcher. It has just uh, become ridiculous at this point, although maybe we passed ridiculous a few weeks ago. I don't know. But uh, in any event, it's becoming an epidemic, and the latest uh, victim to the injury bug for the Reds rotation is Tim Adelman as he left Thursday's game against the Indians uh, due to an injury again. What is uh, the status of Adelman uh, right now on this Friday, Mark? Yeah, I wish I went to medical school. I could have really used uh, all that medical information right about now. But uh, Tim Adelman was just uh, placed on the disabled list with a strained oblique, left oblique, and they called up an outfielder for at least the time being named Steve Salsky from AAA Louisville, who's been a um, – He's been, he was not on the 40-man roster, so they have to corresponding move could let the yet to come, and they'll have to name a starting pitcher in, in four days. But, uh, yeah, Adelman felt something uh, on his first pitch to uh, Jimenez last night, and then on the second pitch he really felt it, and then they decided it was time not to continue. So the, uh, the replacements for the injured players are now getting injured. Uh, Adelman, of course, was here for uh, in place of Rysel Iglesias, so – they will have to reach into their system one more time to find another replacement. It's just, like you said, it's mind-boggling. It just really makes your head spin uh, with all these guys going down left and right and left and right. And, uh, you know, like you said, again, uh, you wish you'd gone to medical school to try to better diagnose what's going on with these guys. But, uh, you know, I know this is a a sensitive uh, area or issue or topic, but because we've seen so many pitchers go down in the early part of the season, I mean – is it a point where we're past coincidence now and that there, there's something that the Reds pitchers are or aren't doing that's causing all these injuries right now? I mean, can you can you kind of wrap your head around this a little bit? Well, I, I, I'm always careful. I don't want to throw things around and throw mud in the, in the, <laughs> at people. But uh, at the same time, the injuries that they're having are things like obliques and intercostals and, and things like that. They're not the – uh, really bad, bad injuries. I mean, Homer Bailey's is you know going back to last year, and he was already had one arm surgery. You know, Rysel Iglesias is a shoulder impingement. It wasn't like a major shoulder injury. You know, uh, two oblique injuries with the Disclafani and Edelman. Uh, Moscott has a flare up from his surgery from last year when he fell down trying to chase you know, chase somebody down. So not all of these are the chronic arm injuries that you uh, you come to see. Um, you know, the Reds, for all their injuries, according to uh, the website, there's a website that keeps track of all the, uh, I think it's called Man Games Lost. Uh, they, they keep track of it. The Reds are sixth in DL time this year, so they're not the worst injured team. Uh, the Dodgers, I believe, are the worst injured team as of two days ago. So these things happen. It's just, unfortunately for the Reds, it's just their turn to, to deal with this. And they've been dealing with injuries for the last couple of seasons, and they have to find a way to work around it. Their depth is 
was already thin, and now it's going to be tested even more. They're going to have to come up with another starting pitcher, and they're trying to stay away from the you know the really big, big prospects like Cody Reed, so they're going to have to be tested again. Yeah, that's the way it's going. And like you said, I suppose a little uh, silver lining in the fact that uh, these aren't major you know, arm issues per se. It's other parts of the body that are affecting you know, their performance on the mound and their health status. So I, I guess in that regard – you know, it's yes, it's a serious problem, but like you said, there are five other teams in baseball with more injuries than the Reds, as hard as that may be to believe. So, again, a little silver lining for the Reds pitchers as they try to find some semblance of health uh, for the remaining uh, four and a half, five months of the season. And, Mark, to say the least, uh, a very difficult week for the Reds rotation as a whole. Uh, Tuesday night, it was just all kinds of ugly for Alfredo Simon. Uh, Ten runs on 14 hits. Uh, the first pitcher, I believe, since uh, James Shields, of all guys, uh, in 2013 to hold that dubious distinction of giving up that many runs on that many hits in an outing. Now, what I found interesting is that despite those numbers, he actually pitched into the fifth, even though he had already given up seven of those ten runs through three. Is this a matter like you addressed before because the depth has been so compromised that maybe Brian Price didn't feel like he had a choice, and even though he's got a guy that clearly did not have his, uh, his A game, he had to send him out there for the fourth and even the fifth. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, he went out to the mound at one point and you know, told him, reminded him of what made him successful, which was to keep his sinker down. He, he was unable to keep his pitches down. They were they were drifting up back, you know, not only up and over the plate, and they were getting hit pretty hard. Um, but yeah, he really didn't want after John Lamb was beat up the night before. Uh, I think he only made it four innings. He really didn't want to go into his bullpen too much. He, they had to go in the bullpen again on Sunday. They had to do it again Saturday. So there there really was not a lot of options. And as it was, he had to still really tax his bullpen in the game after Simon left. So, uh, you know, this is the guy that was signed to eat the innings and be maybe the one guy that they could count on. And they haven't, other than two starts, they haven't really get much out of him. So they have to they have to find a way to get pitchers to go deeper in games so they can preserve their bullpen. You know, Brian Price last night was just saying he would love, you know, to, to give relievers not just a day off from pitching to get reset, but he'd like to give them two days off where he doesn't have to use them. Well, you know, a nice eight-inning start or a complete game or even seven innings would be really heaven-sent for him right now, and they're just not getting that from any of their starters. It's such a shame, too, because we see in this day and age, you know, if you've just got one guy – that gives you those seven, even eight innings or, or you know, hey, even a complete game, uh, it can reset the bullpen very quickly. But the Reds, as you said, are simply not getting that from anybody in the rotation right now. And, of course, uh, Mark, in that same game, that same inning where uh, Simon was lifted with one out in the fifth, it was just a complete meltdown by Steve Delabar and really tough to watch. The guy faced six batters. He walked five. Four of them were bases loaded walks, so run score, of course, and – you know, this is a guy who, you know, limited appearances. I think it was only his seventh appearance the other night. But in the first six, he really hadn't displayed any sort of big control problems. He maybe had two walks on the season, maybe three. But, again, a guy that you would never expect to have a meltdown like that. You know, again, the five walks and the four bases loaded walks. You know, how difficult is it to watch anybody grow through that on the mound when there's, you know, no, no help in sight, it seems? Well, yeah, he had to eat that. There was nothing else to do. There was nothing else to say. And he really was at a loss of words. You know, talking to him afterwards, you could tell he was shaken up by it just because it's not something, even as a veteran, that you expect, you know, especially if you're a veteran. And uh, he kind of called it a bad dream. He just couldn't believe that that was happening. And I, I give him credit for being accountable, for talking and, 
explaining what he could, explaining what quite honestly was the unexplainable, and he didn't really have an answer for it. But uh, right now, they don't have options. There's, there's J.J. Hoover struggling in the minors. They just called up Kiva Sampson and Jumbo Diaz, who are pitching well in Louisville. But uh, they, right now, they're going to have to stick with what they have and get through this. And that's that's the only option. As much as people say, go get someone else, there really is no one else right now for the bullpen. It's tough, and you brought up the two names, uh, you know, Jumbo Diaz and Kiva Simpson, uh, Sampson up from uh, AAA. Uh, were those the two biggest bullpen transactions this week? You know, were, were guys sent down? Were guys demoted? How, how are things kind of shaking out in the relief core right now? Well, they, they, they went to seven relievers for the Cleveland series in Cleveland because they had a DH. They figured if they started to go long enough, they wouldn't have to pinch hit early for them and then use a, a bullpen piece. So they, they felt good about having seven relievers, at least up there. When they got back here, they moved out Jose Peraza and, and Lane Thompson uh, and got basically an eighth reliever, uh, and they swapped out Thompson for uh, for Diaz. And, you know, the first, their first game, they both struggled. Diaz walked a couple of guys, led to a run, they put Cleveland within one, and then in, in extra innings it was uh, a, a walk and, a, and I think a two-run homer that, that did in – that was, yeah, it was his first batter, I'm sorry. It was his first batter of the game. Uh, when he entered the game in the 12th, I think Samson gave up the home run. So it was, it's just, that's what's killing them. The Reds right now lead the majors, not only, of course, in home runs allowed and, and relievers allowing home runs, but they've allowed 10 home runs to first batters for the, for the bullpen. So they have to find ways to, to get, get out, and they're not doing that. Yeah, they're clearly not doing that. It's just a very uh, tough time right now for Brian Price and this entire. Reds team because uh, again not only is the pitching ineffective uh, both starting and relieving but the depth has been compromised so much that as we saw with Steve Delabar you know like you said he had to eat it there was no you know help in sight there was nobody to come in and kind of rescue him he had to kind of suffer through that and uh, it's just uh, that's the story of the Reds pitching staff right now and given that Mark I think now more than ever Reds fans need some sort of uh, reassurance that there is help on the way at least in the rotation, this is something we touch on almost every single week, but it seems like uh, Anthony DiScalfani felt pretty good after his last uh, rehab outing. Uh, give us a status update on him. Talk about uh, Homer Bailey, John Moscott, and when or if we can expect them back in the bigs. Now, DiScalfani, as we speak right now, is outside on the mound throwing a uh, live BP to uh, Reds hitters, and that's supposedly going to be his maybe his final test again before he gets to try another rehab assignment. And they're, they're hopeful he's thrown in the bullpen twice this week, felt great, complained of nothing, uh, said it was as good as he's felt since he's been in the rehab from this uh, oblique injury. Uh, Homer Bailey's throwing two days on, one day off right now from flat ground. He's not back on a mound yet, but so far so good. And he's not due anytime soon, uh, but – they're going extra, extra cautious with all the rehabs, kind of in light of what we talked about earlier. They're just not taking any chances with anybody right now because they realize that there is an issue of something happening. They, they can't put their finger on it, but they're figuring if they even go even more deliberate than they were before, that that could help things. Uh, Moscott is going to pitch tonight in Louisville, and uh, they're hopeful that this will be his final uh, start. He threw 75 pitches in his previous start, so they're hoping they can uh, – Get a good full start from him in Louisville tonight. Uh, Ray Sully Glacius is throwing, but not uh, close to a rehab assignment as far as I know. Uh, Michael Lorenzen is getting off a mound uh, for the third time today out in Arizona, and they're looking at him as a possible reliever uh, when uh, he is ready to come back, but that's still not for a few more weeks. And I think that might be everybody. I'm not sure if I missed one, but uh, that's 
yeah, there's there's some light at the end of the tunnel, but not quite enough just yet. It's amazing how we spend more time talking about guys that are hurt as opposed to guys who are healthy, but that's just the status of the Cincinnati Reds, especially on the pitching end of things right now, unfortunately. Uh, Mark, to wrap up here, the Reds uh, beginning a three-game series tonight, Friday night with the Mariners, and then they embark on a long road trip, uh, 10 games, I believe. Give me some storylines that you're keeping tabs on over these next uh, you know, seven, eight, seven or eight days. Well, right now, uh, Zach Cozart has uh, been continuing his hot hitting. He's, he's got a lot of multi-hit games and doing well. Eugenio Suarez has uh, really gotten hot again after a little bit of a mini cold funk. He went two for 22 for a while, and then he came alive in uh, Philadelphia, and now he's uh, hitting really well, going the other way with a lot of his uh, doubles and home runs. And uh, the one thing, though, that he has to work on, and he, he talked about it yesterday, is his defense. He, he leads uh, Major League third baseman in errors right now, and uh, not doing too well in the defensive metrics, sabermetrically. So there's some work he has to do. He's been working on his footwork and his agility and his, and his positioning and trying to get better. It's a work in progress since he was never a third baseman before this year. And then uh, Jay Bruce has been on a hot tear of late as well. He's uh, He had two home runs a couple of days ago, and he's starting to hit the ball. And when Jay Bruce gets going, uh, it can be pretty torrid. So we'll, we'll have to watch that for the next few days. And I believe he just broke Adam Dunn's record for home runs at uh, Great American Ballpark. Is that correct? That is correct. He, he On the same night, he hit two home runs. The first one uh, broke the uh, record with 127. So now he's at 128 and two ahead of Dunn. He's the all-time leader here at Great American Ballpark for now. He admitted that he knows he's going to be traded at some point between <laughs> – uh, you know, between this end of the year, between now and the end of the year, and he fully expects that Joey Votto will eventually uh, take that record from him uh, before long because Votto, of course, is here for under a long-term contract. Well, he's, he's got the record for now, so that's something for sure. And as the saying goes, uh, darkest before the dawn. Hopefully uh, better things to discuss on next week's edition of the Reds podcast. Uh, Mark Sheldon, we thank you for the time as always. In the meantime, Matt Waymeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Cincinnati Reds. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.